0: Welcome, listeners,
1: to the Punk Theology Podcast. Go to punktheology.com. I know, there's some of you who are thinking, man, hey, don't tell me what to do. Right? Season number
0: two, episode number number nine. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Some of the questions we bat around in this episode... What is the
1: purpose of fear? Another one is respect. Is respect birthed out of fear? The gang's all here for this episode. Arthur, Steve, John, Derek, Chuck, and myself, Russ Shaw, along with this excellent cover bumper from Anti-Flag, kicking it off, Fearfully Punk Part 1. Stick. All jokes aside, it, it, I won't shove the back. talking stick up your ass. <laughs> it works. It, I'm serious. <laughs> introduce it us. Just sucks. Arthur. Arthur. Up. This is your topic. This is your baby. <clears throat> We're going to do this.
2: I hold the talking stick. And right I'm here, scared.
3: I have the talking stick. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was thinking about uh, fear recently, particularly in uh, modern society as well as. Uh, Just evolutionarily speaking, fear has served a great purpose uh, among most species in in protecting them, and we in modern society try to do almost everything we can to not be afraid, Mm -hmm. Um, including uh, live in denial with our heads in the sand uh, in a lot of ways, because we like to believe that the world is safe. and then I think there's a lot of people who kind of... Uh, and we like safe fear. We like doing things like amusement parks where we're told we're safe, but it causes us to be afraid, to get adrenaline going. But we don't like actual facing real fear.
1: We like scary movies. That's another one. You pay to go see a scary
3: movie and be right?
1: He's not holding the talking stick, so
2: we're just <laughs> interrupt as much as he But I'm, saying, I'm resonating <laughs> with
1: what you're saying. You're right. We pay, we pay to be f- afraid... But fear is what is it? What is fear? What fear doing? is perceived. I'm waiting day. for you to pass me the talking stick
3: because clearly it's your. <laughs> it's cigar. right there. It's it's the mar- no, it's there. your cigar. Fear, <laughs> no, is, no, no, it's
4: fear, is fear is perceived danger. Fear is perceived danger. It's exactly what it is. Like just it. the when you're in danger, your body dumps a bunch of adrenaline into your your brain yeah. dumps adrenaline into your body, and it takes over. So my
5: understanding is evolutionarily speaking we needed fear to keep us alive and what used to be yeah. the saber-toothed tiger or the warring tribe now is traffic <laughs> you know we like you're really not in imminent danger but evolutionarily you haven't evolved to the point where you've come out of you know knowing that you're not going to die or that you're safe so that fight-or-flight response can be activated in just ordinary, everyday situations in modern society. Uh, but we just haven't evolved past the point of our hunter-gatherer ancestors that were more easily alarmed, but they needed that for their survival mechanism, where we really don't as much anymore.
3: Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think, though, that, that fear, when I, was, when I was thinking about this topic and kind of everywhere that it spreads... Um, We still deal with a lot of fear. I mean, there's a reason why Americans take a shit ton of antidepressants and anxiety. Mm -hmm. We have, like, it's a lot less about the the in-the-moment fear. Like, I'm in Mm -hmm. danger of a saber-toothed tiger now. Now it's more like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the bills Mm -hmm. three months from now. Am I going to lose my job? My boss doesn't like me. Um, I fear that my support structure is going to go away, Mm -hmm. whether that be, you know, family or government or whatever... Um, you know we, uh, some of us are old enough to remember growing up in the Cold War yep. when everything was fear we've been you know politics are we wield fear in politics as like the primary reason for voting for someone yep. Donald Trump won because people were afraid of a Hillary presidency as much as they were actually for Donald I mean Donald to this day still talks about fucking Hillary. Like, she lost. She's she's not going to run again. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, since 9-11, we still, like, talk about terrorism, even though, like, almost nothing's happened since then in any real way. Um, That's because we're afraid. But, we have but, a guard. But politics still, politicians still peddle fear yes, big all time. the time. We're, we, and, and everything is presented. If we don't get our way, then this is going to happen. Um... And, and so the, the, the fear of the consequence of inaction or, or, or opposing action is always uh, peddled that way. Um, a lot of people raise their kids that way, where you need to do what I say or else this will happen. And a lot of times that's intensely fear-based, uh, whether it's actual physical threats or whether it's just you won't get the things that you like. Um, and you won't get to do what you want to do. Um, it's a motivator. It, it is, and, it, and, it, and because we're biologically wired to run from that and to protect ourselves from fear, it works so well. Right. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely a marketing technique that typically doesn't work for necessarily selling you a product, but it does for selling you a cause. Do you think
4: it's necessary to some degree? Yes. Yes.
3: And, I I mean, I think it's far less useful than it used to be in terms of everyday existence. But I still think the reality is that um, empires come and go. The United States will not be on top forever. There are plenty of places in the world where people live in fear, rightfully so, every day of their life. I'm just thinking
4: Um, smaller scale. Like, so, you brought up children. The parents use fear to help have their kids behave. And so it's you have a stove or whether... Stove or traffic. Those are the two easiest examples. So you play <coughs> in traffic, you could get hit by a car and die. That's fear-based teaching them to not go into the street. Stove's hot. If you touch it, you're going to get your hand burned. That's fear-based teaching them, you know, boundaries kind of thing. In that aspect, portions of that is necessary. Now, what you're talking about as far as the, you know, political side of things. Like, no, it's... Crazy.
3: Well, I think the the fear <clears throat> in terms of interacting with your children, I think there's a, a healthy amount of the reason you raise them the way that you do is because you fear for them yeah. and their well being. So, in terms of for some people that that expresses itself in crazy protectionism, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: where they just want to keep their kids from being exposed to anything the way the world is, which of course doesn't prepare them to be in the world where there are things they should be afraid of. Right. Helicopter <laughs> <parents>. Um Yeah. <laughs> but the other side of it is, um, you you. You can raise your kids to instruct them so that they're prepared to deal with the things yeah. they should be afraid of. Like I mean, water, one of the one of the pious killers of children is drowning.
4: Yeah. It's
3: crazy. Um, and, and so yes, you should teach your children to swim. And part of that's absolutely motivated in the idea that you're afraid for them. And and that's because of the bonds. I mean, that's why every <coughs> uh, You know, movie or show that is trying to convince somebody to do something is about finding leverage of you know, threatening them with something they're afraid of
1: losing. I remember my my daughter was pointing at a bucket and she says, "Dad, why is that doll in the bucket?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" And it was it was like ten years ago. And almost every plastic fucking five gallon bucket you bought had a picture of a kid upside down with a you know, line through it in a circle because. What? We're stupid? They weren't... <laughs> kids... Because... But kids drown that way. Mm-hmm. Like some fucking lawyer, you know, cashed in on the fact that, hey, we need to put this on buckets because kids drown in buckets. Oh, you're talking about the image on the sign. Yeah. Yeah, that little <laughs> fucking thing on the side. I thought you actually had one of your weird dolls in a bucket, like head down or something. <laughs> no, no, That would be something I would do, especially on Halloween. You're just giving me ideas now.
4: Russ brought it to a whole new level.
1: <laughs> But there's something to that. Uh, you and I were talking about this with kids. We were talking about parenting. And, and I said, I said, John, you know, at some level, I think it's okay for your kids to be afraid of you. Like, I don't want to have to sit down and look at my daughter and explain to her what a car doing 30 miles an hour is going to do to her body. I just want her to be afraid of me if she runs out in the fucking street,
0: right? So are you, would you say your kids are – if you ask your kids near – Totally honest. Are they afraid of you?
1: <laughs> well, that's a good one. Because you don't want your kids to be constantly just afraid of you.
0: Are they but afraid I think of that, you in the stance of, can they tell you anything?
1: See, you and I share that thing with anger, too. And I think that over time, my kids got less afraid of me. Because I think just based on my own anxiety levels and my trauma, I was a very protective person. Where I thought I was bulletproof, but don't fuck with my kids... And I want my kids to be a certain level afraid of me, which wasn't healthy either. Because I want them to have a relationship with me. Like, what if I want your life to thrive? because that's more relational, right? That breaks the dualism of you know the car and mm-hmm. going on the street.
5: Well, to that, there was this article I read recently that was talking about some of the parent shaming that happens when you leave a child unattended in a vehicle, you know, because something could happen to them, they could get kidnapped or whatever. And really the statistics of that are just so minuscule. I mean, it's really just damn near like, not even really within the realm of possibility. Like it could happen, but it's so minuscule. And I mean, I grew up as a latchkey kid. I grew up riding in the back of a pickup truck and now... You know, I couldn't imagine, or I don't know if that's like fear of judgment from other parents or society. I actually don't care that much about that, but it is sort of that. It, it, the society's norms have changed for those things, and they've changed on the side of fear. For those things, mm-hmm. and I think safety, John. We call safety. it safe. We, we don't want to say fear. Got to, yeah, fear is a scary word. You got to say safe. The older I get, I'm left of center on most things until like it fucking feels like a nanny state, and a bunch of motherfuckers telling me, you know, how I should raise my kids and what I should do. That's where it pisses me off. But yes, it's that safety thing. So it, I do think twice about leaving. Oh, my eleven year old kid home alone. what well, was a no brainer when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, what's changed?
4: And mind's economics. The reason my yeah. kids wear seatbelts is because I don't want to have to pay the ticket for it.
1: <laughs> See, there's a good fear-based <laughs> motivation,
3: that's right? Definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of where I wanted to go with this was, um, that was kind of like the intro about the different areas that, that fear presides, but it goes back to what Chuck was talking about, is where I think there's two things. One is, where is where's fear's appropriate place in today's society? And two, where and I'm not talking about phobias, but where is is fear actually limiting where you're afraid of something that is changing behavior to possibly a disruptive level? Because you've got people who are completely fearless on one end of the spectrum and don't worry about the world collapsing. And then you've got people on the other side where they're like crazy preppers and they're spending a shit ton of their, like... <laughs> money building bunkers and and putting away a shit ton of like guns and ammo and food and water like you've got this huge spectrum and I think for some people to do that like maybe it's financially debilitating because they're so afraid of certain things You know, and I know some people who, there's all kinds of things they won't do in their life because they've just grown up afraid um, I think I tend to be kind of on the side of things where I don't fear and I'm just going to deal with what comes up when it happens but there's certain kind of things I want to be prepared for, um but then I, I know people who really are debilitated with fear. And, yeah. and their life... There are things they won't do that a lot of normal people will do because they're afraid.
2: We have a word for a healthy amount of fear, and it's just respect. It just means respect. having an appropriate yeah. level of fear for something that is potentially dangerous.
3: But that's like a socially accepted, defined...
2: Right. But I mean, the, but that's what, you know, so... I teach my kids to fear me. Oh no no no! You're gonna yell. I teach my kids to respect me. Oh, okay, that's fine. That means the exact same thing. It's just a difference of scale. So fear. Yeah, that's a
1: good way of looking
2: at it. Uh, fear would be fear-based parenting. Usually means that you're overstating the danger. Mm. Um, you're making it into a really big deal. Whereas if you're teaching them respect, you're trying to get it, get them to the point where they're actually looking at it as close to accurate as they can like respecting a gun right this could kill you <laughs> Like you can still do stuff with it, you can still use it but you need to always have in your head that this could kill you and, and you yeah. need to be careful with it and,
5: and yeah so one thing that comes to mind for me is I heard recently a prominent psychologist give a lecture about mental health, fear, anxiety, depression and what he was saying is you know really the question Isn't whether or not you should be afraid or anxious or depressed. The question is how you can get through life and not develop some kind of anxiety disorder because of all the things that could happen. Um, You know, whatever that means, I mean, people living paycheck to paycheck or, uh, you know, some kind of tragedy befalling you. I mean, you know, we're all gonna die. Everyone you love is gonna die. you know, the chances of you being in a car accident, I think on average, is like once every 10 years on average, depending on different variables. So there's always shit that could happen. I mean, you're going to get sick. You're going to die. People you love are going to get sick. They're going to die. They're going to be forgotten within could, two generations. be forgotten, yes. Mm-hmm. It's even biblical, I think. Uh, so, so, yeah, the, what about that question is like, m- 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 maybe the question is how? Fear the Lord, your God. You're God.
3: <laughs> and that's why you should yes. be feared as a
5: father, because you're yes. God to your children. What is the thought, though, right? Like, the world's scary and messy, and um, maybe the question is, how, how do you get through life without fear or without maybe a disproportionate amount of it or something? You know, that's really maybe seems to be more of the anomaly now more than ever. What What, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you have any? I'm just throwing that out there.
3: I think it's hard to know because you want your children to not grow up being fearful, but it seems like it seems like America's failing at that if, if anxiety and, and depression and counseling are, are an effect of that. Um, so where's that going wrong? Or is it because we have we have such we have no real big fears anymore. We're not actually worried about the Cold War anymore. We're not worried about Russia. We're not worried about... Communism winning. We Win- Terrorism is laughably not scary. I mean, let's be real. It's a bunch of guys in second world countries like getting together <laughs> in camps trying to figure out ways to make makeshift bombs to blow shit. I mean, they
5: can definitely cause some damage, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because
3: they have. I don't so, know. 17 well, years ago. Maybe. Well, there
5: was a Boston Marathon <laughs> or... I mean there's pockets of it here and there, which is like
3: on a, a worldwide scale. That level of violence in our country is so rare. Low. Yeah, yeah. Like your own personal risk is statistically stupidly small from terrorism. So terrorism that, is not a way that significantly impacts human uh, Americans' lives.
4: So, in other words, instead of talking about terrorism, we need to talk about wildlife, because you're statistically you're more likely to die from a a deer attack. Three,
3: three or years ago. Three years ago, killing yourself taking a selfie surpassed shark attacks for like ways people die. Yeah. But you can't have a like, kill yourself while taking a selfie
2: week
1: on Discovery. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh,
3: bees. <laughs> that would be totally
0: badass. No,
1: bees kill more people than sharks. Oh, there was a thing on the news today about Oregon. Some woman, they found some woman's body, and she was killed by a cougar. So we've had two cougar attacks in a year now, so we officially need Cougar
4: Week. Like, Cougar Week is coming. Well, so isn't that the p- You say we, out. but now
1: you
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Probably, yes. Yeah. You say we, but that was in Oregon, and s- Washington had one, so really it's two separate events, so we're not there yet. So, you mentioned the news. Isn't
2: that's most of the purpose of the news to scare you? That's yeah. Right. I mean, yeah that shit not shit. going to affect you at all. Yeah. And how the news has moved to a place where it's more and more global, which mm. means statistically it's less and less and less likely to ever affect you. Or do anything that will have any measurable effect on, on your life. And we're more and more focused on national politics. Nobody knows anything about what's happening in their city. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the question is
3: headline? Right. Is your water safe to drink? The answer to every question headline always is always no. no. It's yeah. always Because no. if they could say it was, they would leave with that.
1: Yeah. But you brought up 9 11, Arthur. And, and my wife and I were talking about 9 11 yesterday morning, you know. When it was 9 11? When it was 9 11. <laughs> and uh, she goes, she goes, I remember you being really afraid, like you were scared, and you woke up, because I got up early, and I turned on the news, and it happened to be on. Everyone else is sleeping. And she goes, I just remember you coming in the bedroom going, we're under attack. And I called, I called uh, Grandma down in fucking L.A. And, and, you know, I mean, at that time, people had no idea. We had two planes crash into major buildings. Surreal. Would it happen in Surreal. Seattle? Was no it going to happen that. in Yeah, no frame of reference. W- was it going to happen in Seattle? Was it going to happen in L.A.? Was it going to happen in Detroit, Denver? That's kind of where I was at. So, sort of freaking out like it, this is World War Three kind of shit going on. But yeah, you're right. The news tends to sell what is unusual and unlikely. That's the why it's fucking news. I remember telling a friend that there was like, oh, this stuff in the news really scares me. I said, you know why it's called news? Because when that shit happens all the time, they don't report it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy, he said he worked in, in the news, and he was telling me that in, in the 90s, in fucking Tacoma, when there were so many shootings, gang-related shootings in Tacoma, there was actually a, a, a chat that happened in the newsroom there where they said, is this news? anymore? Like, do we even report on this? Yeah, there's a threshold. I mean, think yeah. had to
2: be more than three people died in order to make a news story. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: But I'm 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 less interested kind of in the the global big picture stuff and I'm more interested just in your own life about where where we get to live today where we are biologically wired and yeah, sure, we're being manipulated by news and using our fear response to like sell headlines and, and get attractions, but in your regular life, where is where is appropriate fear, or as Derek likes to label it, respect, um,
1: healthy fear.
3: I mean, there's a reason you don't drive, and it's not just monetary. Why you don't drive down the freeway at 110 miles an hour?
4: Um, no, it's monetary <laughs> for check. It's monetary. It's monetary. <laughs> if, I, if I knew that there were no police between here. And work. I would drive at 110 miles an hour. Or it's faster. called Waze. Truck. and that's
2: why the you police are important, Waze.
4: ladies and gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that for me. Waze just
4: reports not the <laughs> What's not a speeding ticket? No, because at 110, it's not just a ticket anymore. They mount know your it car. Is. They take you it to it's jail. So how much you do you speed mean? on a regular basis? I don't. I use cruise control. It's a lovely. But you wouldn't well, get a reckless driving ticket going 80. You could. I've spent uh, 70. Even a from the time I was twenty one to twenty three, I think I spent close to twelve thousand dollars in speeding fines. You're super my, bad
0: at getting out of tickets. I
4: lost my license <laughs> so because I. of it. I mean, it just
1: you and I share that that kind of. I had a emergency. I've
4: been pulled over like eighteen times and
1: I've gotten two tickets. That's
3: amazing. Well, that is really amazing.
4: I'll make sure the police it's about respect, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about which respect. is about fear. Which
5: is about respecting. It's respecting it's the, the, right of um, um, the right amount of fear, the right amount i yeah. displaying the
3: respect to the cop.
5: I, you, your comment, Chuck, makes me think, have you ever seen the movie Falling Down with Michael Dunn? Yeah, it's, 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 a like a it's such a good movie. Yeah. But a lot of the premise is about, like, the only thing that stops us from going mad is suffering the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah. for the consequences, mm-hmm. you know. But, Arthur, some of this discussion prompts the question for me is, how much control do we have over it? Because some of us have a... A more sensitive ear response, you can probably control the lens in which you view things or take things in on, uh, on some level. But I think there might be a hardwiring thing that's maybe disproportionate for some people. Where, yeah. like, you know, it's not just as easy as shutting it off, right? I mean, I think sure. So, something since I've started this medication, there's been
2: some interesting side effects, and one of them is I'm pr- more prone to anxiety, and it's not a constant thing it just seems to come in waves all of a sudden mm-hmm. and it took me a really long time to even recognize what that was and having this moment of like like I really feel like my kids are going to die any day like I really <laughs> and feel and you know like it's that. irrational right and well even in that like when it first started happening I didn't know it was irrational mm-hmm. or like like I'd get super um, what's the word uh, afraid of getting sick I'm sure that you're sick. Hypochondriac, yeah, like super, super bad. Like, oh my God, I got camper cancer. <laughs> like, all the signs are there. Like, I, I was convinced that I had Lyme's disease for a while. Um, like, And then eventually I just kind of got used to, like, oh yeah, like, that's a side effect of the drug. And fortunately for me, it comes in waves. And most of the time it's not like that. But I could relate to some people in my life all of a sudden that I just had that constantly it's like um like and they're miserable to be around right and they affect everybody around yeah. them all the time because they're yeah and they're tough to be around but but also just kind of feeling from them the moment like man that sucks when you really really yeah. feel like like you're able to tell the future in that moment and the future is a really really dark place so that and since then it's been mostly good that I've been able to pick up that pattern that's been the biggest thing is I start to freak out and I go wait a minute. This is probably just a wave of anxiety that you know. Could, mostly, it's it's a telling because I feel so certain about it. Like I feel way too certain about this in that in this moment for it to mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and and then that leads into things like uh, CBT. No, cognitive behavioral to, therapy because I'm able to see, yeah cognitive behavioral therapy because I'm able to see in that moment like wait a minute I have way too little data. You recognize to, the distortion to be able mm-hmm. to. Come to anywhere close to the conclusion that I feel like I'm
1: coming to right now. Um, but yeah, you can stop in time and and be like, wait, this is an irrational fear.
2: Yeah, like like this just isn't. Yeah, I can just stop myself and be like, this is not. This has happened before. Mm. I felt like this, and my certainty does not match my information. Like right. that's usually where I go. Right. I feel so certain that this is going to happen, and I have nothing to back it
3: up. What's the right. time frame that lasts?
2: Uh, about 15 minutes now.
3: Okay, so it's really short. Yeah, it's really short. In you have general. To do some work to get there, but yeah. Yeah,
2: but, but when I first started, it was days. Like, like, yeah, like the Lyme disease thing. I was sure for like a week that I had Lyme disease. Um, bad week. Yeah, it was a bad <laughs> week. And now I can just be like, oh,
1: wait a minute. When we, when we started doing the podcast, <laughs> I was on three blood pressure medications. And I don't know how fear-based it was, but I think that just being stressed out, being in traffic, or the bills—the bills are we're a big one too. Just not being able to pay the bills, and I own a house, and I feel responsible, and all this stuff, and and uh, it, it would it, it would heighten my blood pressure to the point where, again, I was on three meds, you know. So, and now I'm on one, and that I forget to take almost three times a week. And and I went to the doctor, and I'm like, oh, ready for bad news. You know, here we go. And she goes, oh, uh, Mr. Sherry your blood pressure is normal. I go, what? <laughs> Maybe you should take it. I actually had her take it again because it was like the intern in the doctor's office. She was like fucking 20 years old, and she took my blood pressure. And I go, I don't know. Is that real? You know? She goes, well, I can take your blood pressure if you want. And she was a registered nurse. And I go, okay. So she took my blood pressure. She goes, yeah, it's about exactly what the other woman said. It's Fucking normal, you know. I'm like, oh, she okay. said it's fucking
0: normal. No, I it said it's fucking, fucking normal. normal.
1: It would be cool, like that. That been. would be a cool doctor's office, right? It'd be like punk doctor. There's a fucking show coming. Somebody's listening. They're gonna start it. Punk doctors punk. get sued so fast, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. They but punkers, is, but this is into the fear that you're talking about, Arthur. Is is that kind of fear that everyone ca- is is struggling with? On a, on a day-to-day basis. Like, we're not in fucking war. We're not a, a, a caveman with a cyber-toothed tiger coming after us. But blood, awesome. blood pressure's high. Um, it's straining relationships just because of our fucking well-being, right? There's something to that.
4: So you said, Derek said about the doctors getting, punk doctors getting sued. And so... <laughs> Which would make their insurance premiums really high. No practice. Which insurance. brings brings up my point though is so everything you do is fear based. So you have car insurance. Again, most people like me would say it's monetary because not having car insurance, you get a ticket for that and I would rather pay car insurance. However, it's still you're betting against yourself to wreck your car.
1: Yeah.
4: You know, health insurance. Granted, most of that's a little bit different because it's going to help pay for the medical bills, but in all reality, it's cheaper to pocket what you're paying for your premiums mm-hmm. and pay out of pocket at the doctors for when you get the runny nose or you get the strap or you get whatever it is. You know, granted, when you break your leg or you're in the hospital for cancer, unless you have a hundred eighty thousand dollar neurosurgery like I did. Yeah, correct.
2: That's well, yeah, <laughs> and but the numbers say the gamble, the pure gambling numbers say say don't pay for yeah, that don't
3: pay insurance. Fear. Try I could have just, gone, could just have... gone bankrupt.
4: Well, here. Or yeah, you could have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and that's interesting well, about
3: our society, though, right? Like we have all these safeguards in place. Like we require you to carry car insurance. We have a social security system. We we do a lot of work to make people not have to fear. Oh, and there's still a ton of
4: homeless people. they're they're not afraid
1: and growing numbers upon those people
4: there would be a whole lot less people on the planet if we remove remove all that stuff
5: here's a question is why do you and I say you not like you personally kind of like the generic you uh, belong to a religion or go to church isn't that fear I mean isn't that when you boil it down isn't it fear when I started when you started
3: so
0: that's the hook
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fears the hook, right? Yeah, but it's not anymore. No, no. You just
0: saying that? No, I have no fear. If I don't go, if I don't want to go, I won't go. Yeah,
2: I don't think it was yeah, ever sure. much fear based for me. Totally, it was. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably more culturally based than anything. But if you don't go, your week
5: will be bad, or your spiritual walk will be off.
4: Or, oh no, or, you don't go. It was you're going to hell. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
4: is that why? I mean. Do you not fear because you're sure you're not going to hell? You're convinced? No, I just don't give a shit if hell and heaven are the same place or not. <laughs> I'm okay. What about you, yeah. Steve? No, I don't. No, Do you I have not. eternal security, Steve.
1: <laughs> blessed
3: assurance. Blessed
0: insurance. What a foretaste. Blessed insurance? Blessed insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Church insurance. It's insurance. Yeah. exactly what it is. It's I think it's it is for some yes. people. It
1: is for some people. That's whoa, 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 where I address people. Like, I'll go after people with the fucking insurance, yeah, yeah. fire insurance thing. Because yeah. I think that's bullshit. Some people or the vast majority?
0: What's the difference? Consciousness. I think it's what, I mean, What's the difference between some of the majority? 51%. Yeah, yeah 51%. There,
1: that's
0: talking the about. I think a lot of religious <laughs> that people...
1: And it's not just Christians. Well, I think honestly, there's a lot not, of religious honestly, people like, that, that, that function at a level of consciousness where it's fear-based... And that keeps them from doing the right or wrong thing. I started out doing the wrong thing all the time, trying to get saved. I got saved like fucking three times, yeah. figuring it, it's right? going to stick. And then I was like, you oh shit, I just looked at her boobs, right? Like <laughs> it didn't fucking work, you know. So I, I guess I'm going to hell, and I didn't give a shit. And I think that my, my relationship with God, use those words, um, really came to a point of, of putting a hand up. To pull me out of the muck. Because I couldn't fucking do it myself. So that was different than this God who was, for me, was based on, you better do the right things. You know, God the Father's over here and he hates you and you're scum and you're snow-covered shit and all that stuff. To a place where it was, you know, okay, what if I matter? That's different. Theologically.
2: So I didn't go to church because I was afraid of hell, but I definitely grew up in the mindset and the culture and the belief that I should be afraid of myself, and that mm. definitely defined myself yeah. for a really long time. That's a good one. Um, and as much of that came from uh, from the culture I grew up in as much as church. I think. I mean, in general, uh, I mean, learn that in school. You learn. Uh, I mean, that was a lot of the, con- just the generally conservative... Uh, Left to your own devices. Right, like, yeah, yeah you like, just, like, you're going to fuck this whole thing up if you don't, right. if you're not constantly afraid of yourself. Um, and that's probably been the biggest shift in mindset for me. Um,
3: and what do yeah, you I think re- of yourself now?
2: Uh, a lot more confidence. That's probably... Yeah. And it's funny how that just kind of worked its way in, probably started. I think being a professional in a career I did a lot for that like I figured out like oh I'm actually good at this like I'm pretty confident most things I try work out pretty well uh, just getting that level of like hey I can trust myself like uh, you know so what if it wasn't working yeah I don't know <laughs> like uh, well so I still got the porn thing and that's kind of a level of like man I like, it doesn't bother me that I can't trust myself, but it's definitely compulsive still. I mean, it does bother me, but not, not like, doesn't get me anxiety. We're mammals.
3: We're compulsive. Right. Sexual drive is part of that. Right. Like, I mean, our whole reward system is about being compulsive.
2: Right. So I can't trust myself genetically.
3: No, you well, Christianity... You accept yourself whoop. genetically. That's what the fuck you are. Would you say Christianity is the reason why you have a problem with it at all? It's like being yeah, like my uh, car runs out of gas. I can't trust it. So again, it was designed to fucking run out of gas.
2: So so then it comes down to the balance of ideals versus reality, right? Sure. Like it's still good to have ideals. Yeah, and it, even though your ideals are so, real- the ideal is not to have a sex drive. No, the ideal would be uh, to not be as compulsive uh, with masturbation
1: and pornography. Um, well, if if it's a problem, that's another thing because the compulsions can get to a place where. Your self destructive compulsiveness can be, you know. I mean, that's all addiction, it's basically a, a compulsive self destructive habit, right? I mean, if it's not to where it's affecting your relationship or something like that, or it's getting darker, right. like if you're watching fucking midgets and alligators go at it. You know, and if it starts up here, we're this just watching really normal sex, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right? No, but this this goes to fear, though, because I think that compulsions can be fed by fear. That's a lot of the neurology will say that you feed fear with the guilt, and it's you no longer with a guilt. place
2: where it's a fear or it's more like like, huh, like this is just kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of have this ideal and and
1: my values, yeah. right. yeah, value, like
2: values, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's just not. A,
1: do you feel like you value purity? Jeez,
2: no, I hate purity. <laughs> Fuck okay. purity. All right. Um I hate that word too. <laughs> like I just be okay with doing it less, right? Uh,
3: like and yeah. then Yeah, and go then, drink some distilled water. See how that works out.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or some uh, distilled whiskey. It's just, Replace it with distilled whiskey? No, that's probably not as And it's just probably part worse. Part
2: of it is I don't have a
1: ton of ideals in my life
2: uh, that I don't feel like I'm living up to, and that's just one of them. Sure, and and it's not. It's just like, it's just irritating. You to be You're, a you're, bit more
4: you're, you're so things. you're so
3: first world successful. That's what you have time to worry exactly. about.
5: Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I tend to, just going back to the question I asked where the answer is no. It's it's not fear it was, but it's not now. I'm, I'm, my gears are turning as I ask and as I listen to you guys. I I think that sometimes it's, oh, it was fear, but now it's love, or it was fear, but now it's whatever. And I'm just really wondering, is it still fear, and you're just disguising it as something else? Like, I'm just asking the question, for myself, even.
3: Like, give an example.
5: Uh, I'm not sure I have one. Like, okay, okay, um, I'm not motivated by fear, I'm motivated by love, Uh. Well, you but but you're still required to do something or to show up in a
0: certain way. I don't think so. I'm not. <laughs> then why go? Why do it? I enjoy going. I mean, I enjoy <laughs> hanging out with those guys. Those guys, they're there. I enjoy the setting. The so it's like it's it's like this kind of like I mean, just it is. It's different. <laughs> but let's let's spin this. I'm thinking out loud the by the way. This isn't a wall
5: formulated so thought. So
0: then. Would you consider yourself afraid that what you're distancing yourself from might have been right? Might have had value. Distancing yourself from... Oh, that doesn't sound right.
1: I get where you're going with it. Like you're distancing yourself from a, a religious kind of a communal, a communal safety net. To use those words is that good, yeah? Because, because
5: it's yeah. it's uh, uh, lean not on, on your own understanding, say so you need community, you need accountability, you need authority. You've been conditioned to think that and believe that,
1: yeah. How it, about the meditation? I think, is where I go from those
5: words. how do you
2: know? Like is your your relationship with your wife? How do you know that you stay with her because you love her, and not because you're afraid of what life looks like without her? How do I know that?
5: Right. I mean, I know the same it, question. That's th- that might be a better way of framing it. I'm tracking more with what you're saying. I think that's a felt experience. That's just something you know intrinsically. You can't obviously like prove it, but I think I while, mean, if
3: you face losing it, you you know you know. Yeah. I mean, I did. I, I I left my wife for three months, and I think it's nearly a miracle like we came out the other side of that and part of the despair when i left her was because i didn't think what was broken was fixable Mm. and i was mourning that for sure um i was trying to think maybe leading up to that decision whether there was like there wasn't fear because i was it was like I was trying so hard, and then it just dawned on me that everything that wasn't working was futile, and so it just kind of all broke at once. Where I just kind of threw up my hands and like, when, yeah, it was weird.
2: So isn't, so then my argument would be that there isn't love, isn't a certain amount of fear required for love. Mm. Like don't you That's a to, great question. Don't you have to be afraid of losing it to really love it? That's a great and question. If you, and if you're not afraid of losing it, do you actually love it? Yeah. That's a great question.
1: That's Proverbs 1, right? Fear is the beginning of wisdom. I hate it. Is it that. is it fear or is it just not wanting to? I mean,
2: Oh, it's fear. That's fear. It's definitely fear.
3: <laughs> like yeah. just
2: thinking about the idea definitely some fear in it.
3: I mean, I think if it's fa- if, like, if your relationship is failing, then there's, like, shit that's really bad about it, and I don't think you're fearing to lose it so much. I think fear would be more like, when I think about, like, oh, what would my life be like if my wife suddenly became very ill and died in, like, six months? Like, that's, like, the legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I was struggling to, like, make it work, and it just wasn't, and I was facing that, it wasn't so much fear, it was more just reconciling that, wow, I really sucked at this whole, like, marriage thing, and it's just not working. And that was a lot less fear and a lot more like, I don't know. White in? Well, it was while well, I was still trying. And then when it wasn't, it was like, well. What's the point? What, well, what did we, I
4: really lose when it wasn't working, right? When you were trying, why were you trying to work on it? Why were you? Why At the time, work? it was very much my identity. I didn't.
3: I wanted to be a husband of my wife. That's what you're supposed to do.
2: <laughs> so are you in love with your identity more than your life?
3: At the time, when it was like 15 years in, that was hard to separate, probably.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that's where love, I Aren't think, Aren't we all in love with, with our identity, level? though?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah. But is it love with our identity or love as a as a different layer of the, uh, of the onion, so to speak? Do you fear not being you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that kind Especially when you're in a relationship for 15 years, that's that's a big part of you being you, right? But I, I love the, oh. but I see the world in layers, you know, and maybe that's weird. But I, I heard that I heard you know, the, that this makes a lot of sense when you look at like movies today, all these post-apocalyptic movies. Like of every three movies made, it seems like is one's a fucking post-apocalyptic story. Where's but I heard that in, in the if you take that word apocalypse in Greek and you take it apart, it means to remove the lid on something and expose what's underneath it. So maybe part of our storytelling and our thirst for storytelling and why these films do so well is because there's that thing in us that wants to expose what's underneath. Our society, or our job, or what if a big fucking earthquake comes, or what if a what if a you know uh, genetic engineer makes a, a fucking wolf Godzilla or something, right? Because we want to know what it lives, to, what it means to live underneath that realm of of social consciousness. What does it mean if there's a fucking nuclear bomb goes off? Like that seems to kind of bring people together, right? A 9/11 brought people to fucking together. They thought they would wreck us as a country, and we just kind of unified. Because the, like, the it's kind of it's in my mind. Personal. No, this is personal. This is personal. Not the big me. picture thing. But I know. But I, I'm going to the big picture because I think that for me, if I'm going to bring it to a personal story, me telling my wife that I was unfaithful was apocalyptic, and I'd gotten away with it, dude. Like I'd fucking fucked around for years, and. <sighs> And I had to tell my wife who I actually was, which was the scariest fucking thing I've ever done. I can't imagine. Yeah. And I love her, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want it. I I just figured, well, we're going to get a divorce. So you're living a post-apocalyptic life. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, I guess I am. And we're we're staying together based on on not what we should or ought to do. I guess another thing my wife would say like a bunch of friends of hers asked her like why are you still with him and she goes you know i asked myself the same thing and if somebody was in my situation and i was outside of that i would have i would have judged them for what i did she said but unless you're in it and understand it from the inside you don't you don't know so we both had our shit we had to bring our shit to the table
3: i think that's an interesting concept though too because i I kind of think about some of our stories around the table um I think about Chuck wrestling with some of the shit he went through, me wrestling with some of the shit I went through, you wrestling with some of the shit you went through. I think there's absolutely a, a feel for me personally where I, I would almost say like, yeah, I, I went through an apocalypse, mm-hmm. and my life turned upside down. I mean, my wife even, when we, when we got back together, we talked about it like, we're, we're burning everything we relationally, relationally built. Like, it burned to the ground already, and yeah. we have to start over new. And we get to, if we're going to do this, we get to decide what it's going to be like. And we're going to talk about what we're throwing out and what we're keeping and, and starting over. And that was like, that was like real words from the discussion about the way we were viewing our relationship when we got back together. And there's, there's something freeing about that when, when you do get to that place, it's, it does feel post-apocalyptic, and you are building something completely new. And when you've lost what you built before, and then you're starting over, there's there's like a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, but I also yeah. think there's a lot of there's a freshness. There's a peace to too, because if yeah. you look back now, and like when we go through things now, it's like, well, it sure wasn't as bad as back then. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can handle this. Yeah, there's a free. <laughs> this season. isn't gonna kill us. Like a lot of that fear actually about like those nervous like when you're in a new relationship and you're all worried about like whether you're going to offend the other person because you really like them and you're like what Derek was talking about like can you can you love someone if you if you don't fear of losing them well I don't fear of losing my wife now like with everything we've been through like the only kind of way I'm going to lose my wife is if she dies of something like I don't fear us relationally breaking now like we tore it all down we built something stronger based on what we knew and yeah. and it's just a lot better and so, in a weird way, I would say, no, I don't fear losing my wife now. And that's a really weird, crazy, comfortable place to be in. Um, you had the loser to get to that place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah?
2: If you love something, set it free. Like Sting <laughs> out <so.
3: laughs> <laughs> Like
5: Sting
1: So, so cliche, but so true. Right. <laughs> so didn't throw up. Yeah. Well, how
5: much of it, too, is, is the need for control or the perceived... Uh, the perceived idea of control of your life, of your livelihood, of your health, of your marriage or your loved ones. It's, you know you have uh, you have this illusion of control and how much of that drives
4: it. a fear of losing it. Do you, look, losing do you look both ways when you cross the street on a one-way street?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. That has more to do with how much I trust other
0: humans. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: But if you really digested that you would never fucking leave the house right like adult people, well, people are crazy I can make a YouTube video out of <laughs> that. drivers small but they're
5: safe yeah. yeah well that's the thing is like you know the downside of that control thing is your world becomes small you know and that's what Anxiety and depression is for people that suffer with it. Is is their world shrinks because they try to stay safe? Small because you have to
2: reduce the variables to the point where you can actually control some of them. Yes, it's about control. Yeah, and the and you have to get down to like three things because humans can really. No, let Jesus
3: take the wheel. There
5: you go. And you go to church. What's the antidote?
3: What's the antidote?
4: Church. You just said so.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That was easy.
4: Jesus. Jesus.
1: answer. Jesus. I is, don't there, if, is there an antidote? I
4: don't know if this is the antidote, but
1: I remember as a younger man being really reckless and actually telling people, I fear fucking nothing. Like, dare me. Was that true? Dare me to do something. When you said that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? You know what the biggest thing I was afraid of was a relationship. Like, oh, right someone right. to actually know me. And I, I had secrets and shit going on in me, and no one really knew me. But I would fucking drive 100 miles an hour. Not only did I drive 100 miles an hour, I jumped into another guy's car while we were side-by-side side on the freeway between Marysville and Smoky Point at around 80. We just fucking jumped into his car. Like, that's fucking crazy shit. I would do that based on self-destruction, but also based on telling myself that I didn't fear anything. Right. When really, on the inside, on the inside, I was afraid of fucking everything. I was afraid of someone knowing me.
0: Yeah.
1: Take my clothes You're off to and run around a party. You're trying to compensate? I don't know if it's compensation as much as maybe. I don't know. Just I mean, trying to trying to get some thread on who fucking Rush Shaw was. I don't really know who the fuck I was. Better just
4: mask the how much you were afraid. Right? Mask
1: the
0: pain.
4: I don't you know. You know, it's dare me to do it so that I can show you that I'm not afraid. Uh-huh. Maybe you'll like me then. or Yeah, something maybe like you yeah. think that I'm better than you because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. really inside cowering on a puppy dog. Yeah. Or if you're tough enough, then you're not going to get close enough. Because
0: guys, we're afraid, I think, in general, of really being known.
1: Mm-hmm. Build a bigger shell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The older I get,
5: I'm not. like No, no I'm not. Yeah, either.
1: me neither. <laughs> in
5: fact, I don't, eat, I don't know another way to be, honestly. Yeah. My fear, if I had one, with what you're talking about, Steve, is more um, being in relationships or community where I can't be myself. I'm more afraid of that now than anything else. Yeah, I, I,
0: I'm at the point that I mean, I'll I'm mean, i going to be over. that way, and if they don't like it, fuck it, I'm done. I don't, I don't have time for relationships that you can't be honest in. Yeah. But it's got to be two-way. So I think that that's... I want to loop back to the to the Jesus Church
3: thing. I think a lot of people do mitigate their fear with their faith because they do believe that God and Jesus will take care of them they do all the right things. Um, my mom raised me. One of her big things when, when she was a new Christian, she had, she became a Christian when I was born, around that time, and then spent a lot of time studying and one of the things she focused on in, in raising me religious was teaching me the promises of God. And one of the you know, one of the ones that she focused on a lot was I will never leave you nor forsake you um thing. And I think um He who began oh, a good work in you. That too. <laughs> um a, I think a lot of people hold on tightly to that and they and they get a lot of comfort and reassurance. Um, which is not. The I didn't. Ex- I didn't. It's. Expe- it's not until it doesn't work. Right. And, right. Then, and then I didn't experience. But it only it doesn't work for
2: a little and, bit. And so <laughs> it works for a long time. But I mean, and I guess the thing happen. that
3: I would say is is that when it doesn't work, then it breaks. Right. And 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 a lot of people fear what it looks like to not have that. Right. Because they're so used to living with that security blanket that when that security blanket turns out to not be fireproof and and it burns down with the rest of the house.
4: Um, You can still live on the other side of that. So you have a very narrow view of that portion of scripture, though, as far as the like, "I will not leave you or forsake you." So I've shared what what I thought at the time was super embarrassing, and you know, made me less of a man by talking about the fact that I was lost as a kid. And yet, the five of you still sit here and ensure me that no, there's nothing wrong with ever. Like, you shouldn't be embarrassed with that. Like, you're actually better off... Like, you're a better man. That was your fear, set, you. but yeah, that your fear said, wasn't it? Yeah, my fear said, said that. Yeah. But what, what I'm getting at, though, Arthur, is... You, none, none of you have left me.
5: I love you, you more know? because you're... Correct. Better, and yeah.
4: so it's, you're, you're taking a, a portion of Scripture and have a very narrow aspect of the fact that no one... Like, God wasn't here for you. Can you put that in the God form of a question?
1: You. Instead if of telling me it's narrow... Can you put it in the form of a question?
4: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> have you thought about that? There, there's your question. Like, <laughs> there's have you thought other... Stars, Maybe it's other a narrow view. Maybe it's a narrow view. Yeah, no, yeah, it yeah. Is yeah, Because it's like there's going, no going other, with it. Like it's yeah.
5: Like, wait, can, can may, may I interject something? Yeah, okay. So, so what what I hear you asking is my life. Had this horrible trauma happened to me and I somehow walked away from it with some sort of faith <laughs> intact and Arthur had some horrible thing happen to him without faith intact um, and you're asking the question like and again I'm not putting words in your mouth, but just trying to maybe ask is it what if your view Arthur is kind of narrow like maybe God was in that
4: no, I don't think God was in it at all. Or, like or, 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 my, or, or in my aspect. What I'm saying, though, is or in I, the pain, or I, it wasn't I God's believe, no, I believe God is in it now. That's yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. There yeah. you go. You know, it's, I and I've asked John this question a hundred thousand times. You know, is God in you? Yes. Okay. Well, then raise yourself from the dead. Why? Why? But do you believe God's in it now? Is it meaning making? Because you guys are sitting here. Okay. I, I believe God I, said, Why that, don't, I have, I, why don't I have the same experience? Why do
3: you? No, no, because the, the experience I'm talking about is that resulting in me believing
1: in, in God and he's behind
3: that. Or, so he's, he's, or he somehow or, redeemed. Whether so you
1: or, believe or, it or not, maybe he was behind it. I guess that's where I would go with it.
3: Sure, but here's the thing. Faith comes from some form, some grain of conviction that it's
1: real. What if it doesn't, and, and, and if it doesn't was, matter whether you believe it's real or not? It just happened, and you're here. No, no, I, I'm I do believe
3: it about, happened, and I believe I'm here. I believe those two things right, are exactly true. yes. I don't believe in God.
1: All right, but we get into that's where we get into philosophy, but right? That, but
3: so that's what I'm talking about, though, is that I went through things that that the things I was taught the the relatively fairly mainline evangelical conservative Christianity views that I have experienced. Yes. Now, granted, they were all on kind of the conservative side of the spectrum. Um, Those things proved to not be true. My faith uh, withered and died into nothing. And all of the friends that I had made over the course of 15 years in adulthood and in Christian relationships literally ran away and dissolved and did Mm -hmm. not stand by me. So I not only did not have any conviction or faith in God, I had no evidence of his presence, and everyone around me... Ran away right. and abandoned me, and didn't want to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Do you think they? Why? Would? Where is God in that? Why would it, if God abandoned abandoned you in the worst five years of your life? Why would you still follow him? What if
1: God didn't abandon you, but people that are pre-apocalyptic abandoned you? Because
3: yeah, they, they're so afraid of apocalypse. I lost apocalypse. my conviction.
4: Do you think they? Would've? Isn't that
3: his? Do you think to they? No, those do you are, think that's the have pre-apoca- pre-apoca-
4: pre-apocalyptic. Shut up! I got religion. the talking stick. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a, we have Do you think they would have? Stayed with you or you would still be friends with them today if you wouldn't have gone through what you went through? Probably. Mm. Yeah. I don't think so.
3: No, they would. Yeah. No. They were there for the other fifteen years. Because as long as you as long as you pretend to be going like through the, the motions and be part of the group, then yeah, they accept you. So my
5: my thought is I kind of plot myself on this spectrum hearing you guys talk, and, and forgive me if I botched the, the, the question, but you, thank you for saving it. Yeah, is, is, is God in it now or whatever? When I think about fear and faith and that kind of relationship and some of the stuff Derek was saying, is uh, in a lot of ways, Derek is one of my best friends. And I think we reflect a lot from each other because He's a depressed guy that experiences anxiety. I'm an anxious guy that experiences depression. It's kinda of like, oh, we're super fun. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a party. Actually, I think we are fun, actually, to be honest with you. You but, are fun. But uh, at least one of you thinks it. Oh Derek, no. Uh, <laughs> I'd like watching you to interact.
1: <laughs> but but like
5: But like it as I've experienced depression and and just even like lack of pleasure or or um despondency on on a deep level when i look at faith it's not like fear of hellfire or fear of being oh. wrong it's more like the loss of like meaning and mm-hmm. what are we doing here if not god then what the f- fuck is
4: this? Do you think we just interpreted fear wrong too in the Hebrew language? Like fear your God.
5: There is a rational part of my brain that really thinks we're highly evolved primates and religion is an evolutionary byproduct and a coping mechanism. Intellectually that's what I rationally believe. Now there's another part of me that, that feels and perceives and, and, and goes beyond that but there's a rational part of my brain, if I'm honest, it just breaks it down to, it's an evolutionary byproduct, and we're just like highly evolved primates that are afraid of death on some level, and we need to make meaning of our suffering and our pain. Uh, I don't know why X happened, therefore God.
3: Sorry. So I track with Arthur there, and we did I, uh, I give Have you shit? read the Old Testament? <laughs> yeah. You should fear that shit. If you believe that's real, or that's <laughs> God, then you should fear that shit, for yeah. sure.
1: But that's part of this conversation, though. Those people believed that God was that because I think in the meaning maker thing, right? Because that's there. I
5: mean, there's a fear there, and see, that's why I was kind of pressing at is that part of the fear. You can tell me it's not hellfire. You can tell me it's not being wrong, but is it the fear of if not God, then what? Because that just means that. I'm just a monkey on a dirt clod in outer space, and that's really fucking scary. They're nihilists.
3: <laughs> 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 They're nihilists. They so believe nothing.
1: The... Wait, I have a one quote, one question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it, is got. going to be on topic. On. topic with it, is, it is. It is. It is on
1: topic. So Arthur was going to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Arthur was going to all the people that left you because I can relate to that. I can relate to the to the people leaving you, right? I can relate to seeing. All this shallow religious bullshit kind of burning to the ground. But I think, again, because I see the world in layers, those people functioned at that level of, re- of reality. <clears throat> you sank below that level of reality. Chuck and I are talking about a level of reality that most Christians can't fucking deal with. Most recovery groups happen in church fucking basements, not up here on the top level because they, they don't know what to deal with us, so they put us in the fucking basement. Arthur, you're and we actually Christian talk about that
4: stuff. Mm. Well, we yeah. all the Catholic Church so.
1: Amen.
2: <laughs> and the Mormons.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's where I'm going is is realizing the 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 do you, do you see a difference between the, that level of functionality among just shallow religious people? because I think we on a philosophical level this is where I track with Peter Rollins you talk about Peter Rollins I love Peter, I Rollins. Love Peter Rollins because I believe what Peter says cuz Peter would say that Christianity at its roots is a anti-religion because it the, the point is to burn all that shit
5: to the ground I love Pete Rollins and I love his philosophy and it actually makes a lot of sense to me but he yeah. is philosophizing and opining on something that has no basis in tradition
1: or history. Well, fuck the tradition in history. Well, I I, I, I spent almost eight hours today talking with a fucking priest about this shit. So it's like it's like right, right here in my I'm fucking livingness. And and basically, I got to the point where just trying to get this guy to realize that you know all your apostolic succession and all that shit. Who fucking cares? That's kind of the big E on the eye chart, but it's not. So those people
5: are molesting kids. Oh, I'm not justifying.
1: What? What? what Fucking. I'm not justifying. Their level of fucking whatever it is they raised up in this 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 authority fucking construct. They got to be a sergeant or a fucking general in this level of consciousness, and they're still molesting kids. It means nothing. It means fucking nothing. It means nothing. Derek has a stick. I'm going to land the plane. Anyway, back on topic. (laughs) That is the topic. That is the topic.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid,
3: uh, I'm afraid maybe it's not, it's no. good, it's good That is I'm fear that is fear I don't fear, so, I don't right. fear all You're this shit You're the not going to party, you, you don't have to be
1: afraid <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm just, I'm triggered because I think that what's no triggering shit. me underneath, <laughs> what's underneath what pulled the trigger is all this fucking surface apostolic secession and, and all these churches all right, So I'm going to land shit.
2: the plane and it's going to piss Arthur off because he's not going to be able to respond to it so. No let it <laughs> No, I'm
1: not God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> We keep this going We go two hours Joe O'Rogan goes two and a half Three. hours Sometimes. Oh, yeah, a <laughs> So for me
2: The biggest problem with atheism Is it's a lot of work To make your own meaning Without the influence of anybody else And in the end it feels Subpar and it feels Weak
0: That's a huge bitch Number nine number nine number
5: thanks for listening to punk theology nine, don't forget to subscribe nine, like to join nine, us in having more ears nine, hear this punk sound nine, please leave a review on itunes nine, stitcher tune in radio or wherever nine, you may hear this fucking podcast punk theology is the property of digital nine, audio project a limited nine, liability corporation who is is responsible for its
0: content nine, don't check it out <laughs> Underman. 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 Come yonder, man. Come yonder, man. Come yonder, man. Come yonder, man.